What's going on, world? And welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince, and I am your host. And today's guest is none other than Luke Gottlieb. He's a Denver-based editorial photographer. He is one of my favorite fashion editorial photographers of all time. Luke's been on the show before, been part of the AOV fam since, you know, day one. We've been boys for years now. Uh, I've gone on trips together, gone to London together and back, and I'm just really, really excited to have Luke on the show for you uh, at home that don't know. Luke also goes by the name of Victor of Valencia on Instagram. That is Victor of Valencia, baby. He's in the building. Luke, what's happening, my dude? What's going on, man? It's been a while. It's It's been been a minute. (laughs) I know, dude. I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel it's been a long time. I feel like you're like a an amazing ex-girlfriend that I actually really loved and we dated in the past and for whatever reason we just haven't been communicating all that much as of recent and yeah dude I'm just really happy to see you <laughs> which is good though man it's, we've both been busy and uh busy's good you know yeah. we're one year older than the last time we did this it's interesting that uh time flies and things change as you get a little older but it's, it's all good dude that is true for those that didn't catch the last episode, let's just quickly start with you giving the audience a little bit of background information on yourself. Yeah, I, um, I grew up here in Colorado in the mountains, in a town called Carbondale, which is about 30 miles down the river of Aspen. Mountain boy through and through, grew up hiking, camping, all that kind of stuff. Went to college in Durango at Fort Lewis, so I studied environmental studies, but My heart swayed me a different way after college, and I became a full-time photographer, which is always funny. You know, you talk to all these people, what did you study in college? Like, most people don't even do what they studied. Dude, I know. It's so true. Myself Which is good, man. That that inspires other people to just kind of, like, do their thing and follow their heart. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'm a fashion photographer here in Denver. I do a lot of lifestyle stuff, and kind of this last year and a half, I've been doing more social media management for some really rad bars here in Denver. So really tapping into that lifestyle scene and I still do all my fashion work, kind of broadening my spectrum a bit. I think for a long time, my whole focus was on portraiture and fashion. But as you get older, you kind of realize, Oh, I have this business to run too. Mm -hmm. And it's good to say yes to, you know, a variety of things as well. Absolutely, bro. I mean, it sounds like you're just discovering, like, I got to hustle. Like, you just got to hustle. Like, there's no, yeah, in the perfect world, it's it's nice to, to glamorize. It'd be really nice to just get paid only to take photos, and that's it. But the reality is you got to hustle. It helps to have other skills, and now you're leveraging your social media skills and marketing skills and branding skills and you're bringing all that stuff together to offer new services that allow you to grow your brand to grow your business and still get to do what you love which is freaking rad yeah exactly man and i have music too yeah like yeah <laughs> which is really fun so let's let's talk about what are you most excited about like what's new in your world man i think having found that great balance of art with music and photography. So 
you know, I have this great photography business that pays my bills. It's very inspiring. I get to meet a lot of amazing people, talk with rad dudes like you, shoot with some incredible talent um, in different cities like Los Angeles and London. And then having this other side of myself, which is I've been a musician since, you know, I was in a diaper, basically. Mm -hmm. My dad was a musician and all that stuff. So I think really having found that balance as I've gotten older and not feeling like if I'm not inspired with photography, I don't have anything to put my energy into. So having both these things that kind of when I'm really inspired with one thing, you know, that's awesome. And then when I start, when I start to lose that, I have this other thing that I can pour all this love and energy into, which keeps me going. It's great. Dude. I love that. I find your life so interesting. You know, you're an extremely early 30, early thirties fashion photographer. You're constantly in LA, New York city, these big cities hanging out with the like most beautiful women I've ever seen like what is it like what yeah like what's an what's a day in your life like when you fly out to you know New York or LA for one of these big fashion editorial type shoots man it's a lot of it's a lot of work I've done so many now so it's kind of I kind of have my system dialed as far as what I'm gonna pack and all these things I hit you know it's very <laughs> very strategized but um there's a lot of pre-production that goes in so you know this industry that we're all in when you strip it all down it's really comes down to boils down to relationships so having makeup artists and stylists that i've worked with in la and maintaining those relationships staying in touch those are the people that i'll contact before you know i go out to one of these cities so a lot of pre-production with you know planning concepts building a team crafting emails to modeling agencies just to make these shoots happen so it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's very amazing. It's incredible. It brings a lot of joy, but it's also really stressful before sometimes I'm like freaking out all the time. What's that process? I guess I'd love to hear your like pre-production. What's the process before the shoot? You know, what's the process at the shoot? And then what's the post-production process? Yeah. Starting with phase one. Actually. Phase one. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> phase one. <laughs> I know. I feel like we need like that the movie trailer guy to like, yeah. you know, his voice on this. <laughs> yeah. Phase one would be me kind of coming up with a concept. So I'm constantly on Pinterest building these mood boards, we call them, mm -hmm. which kind of encapsulate the whole vibe of the shoot from hairstyle to makeup style, to the vibe, to the you know clothing, to the mm -hmm. type of model, to the scene, the setting. And these are really amazing because do you, do, is music part of the mood, the mood board? <laughs> I'm just curious. No, no, that's actually I should really start doing right? that. Right? Like I'm. Um, no, for sure. But at shoots, I'll definitely tailor the music to the vibe. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like doing an '80s shoot, you know, I might throw on Van Halen or something like that. Right. You know, it just totally depends. You want to feed into it, but yeah, concepting is really important. And then I'll start to reach out to makeup artists, hairstylists, wardrobe stylists start to build a team with people that um, most importantly are inspired by it and want to do it um, and be who are available. But so we'll kind of build this whole team, you know, we'll get the sizings from the models. Locations are always like the hardest part for me, especially in Los Angeles where you have to have a permit for eating ice cream on the street. You know, it always feels like that. 
yes, so much pre-production work. And then I'll either reach out to models on Instagram, but I feel like it's always more professional to go through modeling agencies. Um, you know, people are going to be accountable and show up on time and show up for sure. So once I have this concept, I kind of start to think, all right, who would be the model that would really fit this vibe? So sometimes a modeling agency will send me back a, you know, a grouping of models for me to pick from. So I'll find somebody who I'm really inspired by. We'll set a time phase two, the shoot. The most important thing I've discovered for shoots is making everybody feel comfortable and let's before we even get to the shoot, yeah, yeah, like what's yeah. approaching the shoot like so you wake up it's shoot day are you packing your bag the night before are you packing your bag that morning i like pack my bag four times because i'm one of those people that always feels like i'm gonna forget something <laughs> so i like take everything out put it back in an hour later i take everything out put it back in but yeah i'm always laying my stuff out the night before cleaning my lenses charging my batteries making sure all my cards are formatted um, making sure I have my memory cards. I definitely show up to a shoot without a memory card. I'd like run to Walgreens or something. But yeah, just really kind of getting in the mental space, taking care of these things that I don't want to have to be stressing about the morning of the shoot. Um, I used to do like two shoots a day, which I'll do once in a while, but that became just so intense, just so much stress. And in a place like Los Angeles where you're having to drive you know, an hour and a half to go three miles, just freaking out. But morning of the shoot, eat a good breakfast, get a coffee, get pumped up. Um, always show up early, always. And man, you're just trying to get everybody excited to your level of excitement. Right. Do you have like a storyboard or like set poses or is it just like a very, you just build the rapport get the model to relax, get comfortable with you. And then you guys just kind of start to feel the vibe and do your thing from there. Yeah. I think, um, at the mood board definitely helps cause it has a lot of inspiration for posing cool. and I'm always kind of looking for new poses mm-hmm. to implement. It's like some, I have, you know, backlogged in my head that I'll always my go-to poses, but I always want to start trying new things. I always say like the weirder it looks or the weirder it feels, it probably looks really cool so i'm always always telling that to the models like is this they might say does this look really weird i'm like that's great if it feels weird it might look really awesome but yeah i think you can definitely put a lot of energy into mood boards but there's so much organic you know there's such an organic nature that happens when you're Mm -hmm. at a shoot you can think you have it all planned out but when you actually start shooting with somebody and you're in the room with people and everybody has their different energy you kind of Kind of start to navigate that, and often it ends up being completely different than you planned, right. or exactly like you planned. But that's the beauty of it. So I'm curious. I know different photographers have different uh, percentages as far as how much control they like to have in a shoot. Some fashion editorial photographers are like 100%. Like they just want to control every single thing. Other people are. 20% control and 80%. They're just letting the model have fun and they're just more there capturing the moments that organically happen. Where would you say you kind of fall in that range? I would say I'm like a pretty, I'm probably more on the mellower side. I mean, I definitely like to direct. I think that's every photographer should have that skill, especially with working with people. But I also want, 
it to be organic and I want people to feel like they have the freedom to be themselves and move the way they want to. Of course, I feel like a river guide. So I'm like going down this river, you know, taking this river left, river right. But also I want people to be able to paddle themselves as well. So I think it's just recognizing that the importance of that balance. Obviously a model that's more experienced is going to have really good body awareness. So I'm not going to have to do as much. So it's like you're collaborating. Sometimes. So if they're on your yeah, level, then exactly. it's like, I understand what I'm doing at a high level on the photo side. She understands at a high level what she's doing on the modeling side, which probably is a lot of fun because then you guys are more or less just two creative people collaborating versus a green model. You're probably going to be doing a lot more directing and, and, and taking a lot more control. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always felt it's good to work with people that are better than you because it always pushes you and it allows you to build you know, more skills in your craft, but it's definitely a dance. I mean, if I'm working with a really talented, experienced model, because I don't have to do as much, we are kind of dancing together and feeding off each other's energy, which is so awesome. Dude, I love that. Yeah. What's the post-production process look like after a shoot? I mean, are you backing up stuff first or like, what is that? Yeah, typically I'll bring a hard drive with me and I'll dump all the photos. I'm always paranoid. I'm going to like lose the photos. So I always have them in nine different places. I'm not sometimes I'm really organized in ways, but I feel like with my photo workflow, like categorizing everything, I'm all over the place. It's just who I am. But once I get back to Denver, I'll dump all the photos again on a different hard drive, import them. I usually like to start with Lightroom or Capture One, just kind of depends on what I'm going for. But we're going to talk do about a, that too. I know. Jeez. That's like a whole nother beast. <laughs> but yeah, I think post-production is definitely half the battle and half the art. I feel like for photographers there, you know, five photographers can shoot the same thing, the same setting, same camera, but in post-production, that's where your, you know, your individual eye really comes through and your, your flavor, I like to call it. Right. So, Talk to me about your editing programs. You're using Adobe Lightroom uh, as well as you switched to Capture One uh, about a year ago, yeah? Yeah, I, I kind of go back and forth. Um, I particularly I don't really like the how Capture One renders raw files, but it's, it's very different than Lightroom. What are the differences? Capture One, man, it's... A, it's made by, it's not made by Adobe. So it's, it's just like a whole nother beast. Everything's opposite. You know, you, you go right on the sliders in Lightroom or Photoshop and when capture one, you go left. It's just totally wonky, but, uh -huh. um, yeah, it's, it's really amazing for skin tones. It's like the coloring capabilities of capture one are, are insane. So I use it once in a while, but my main workflow I would say still is starting with Lightroom, but mostly just for cataloging everything. I'll do really light adjustments, but about a year and a half ago, I started to pretty much do all my color toning. Um, I have like my base presets in Lightroom, mm -hmm. which I use to, which helps with like my skin tones and kind of sets the vibe. And then I'll bump it into Photoshop. And that's where I put like, kind of like special flavors. I, you know, into the photos and this whole style. It's really fun. Dude, that's wild. So it sounds like you've cut back on Capture One. I've, yeah, I like, I, because I like, when I called you last time, I mean, last time we talked at least about editing, you were stoked about Capture One. You're like, dude, it's way better than Lightroom for my editorial work. 
And yeah. so I really enjoy, and I just, and I'm reason I'm asking too, I just downloaded capture one and, uh, I've been using it and I haven't used it a ton, but one of the first things that I noticed major difference was the color, the coloring capabilities are way better, way more advanced oh. and way more natural in capture one than Lightroom or Lightroom is literally like just paints on highlight yeah. and shadow colors like in heavy you have a way more control the colors look better then you can also play with the luminosity of the shadows and highlights which i thought was really interesting outside of just the actual saturation yeah and in capture one you can do all these layer masks and stuff which is great it's really mm -hmm. similar to Photoshop in that way it really is like the coloring is insane it's just such a complex program and i'm not even gonna like gotcha. try to joke around and know everything about it but it's so it's one it, of those things more or less it's like i know lightroom like the back of my hand and i probably like i just haven't committed the amount of like i'm busy and i haven't had time to really just commit to learning the program therefore i just use i use it in the way i use it but i could probably do a lot more with it if i sat down and yeah i think when i'm feeling inspired to dive into it for a specific photo right. i get really into it and sometimes i'm like man i just have to crank a bunch of stuff out so I've got to flip to Photoshop, but man, I would say most of my work these days is in Photoshop. Gotcha. Using selective coloring and, you know, luminosity masks and all this stuff. There's just so much amazing things you can do to your work. It's so awesome. Dude, I love it, man. What are you shooting with gear wise? You still on your Nikon? Still on the Nikon. I have my trusty D750, which is... I love it. Hold on. Let's talk about this. Dude, dude I, I know so many photographers that are just such gear junkies and buy new cameras every year. Every time the new camera comes out, they can't wait to upgrade gear and all this stuff. But some of the, the photographers that I respect and look up to the most, like yourself, Michael Shane Bloom, and like those types of guys that are just, I think just, you know, definitely at the top of the field, they pretty much stick with the same old gear. Like they yeah. don't really, <laughs> they don't really mine's change. Pretty, mine's pretty simple, dude. I do have the <laughs> D850, which came out uh -huh. probably a year ago. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. I have the 750 and the D850. I have two bodies that I'll shoot with. And I usually have my my uh, Nikkor 85 or my 850, and then either my 35 or my 50 from Sigma on my 750. And my and you 35 still Sigma Arts. That's your yeah. Love love them, man. They're so sharp. They're just you know, when you find your instrument that works mm -hmm. and feels good, mm -hmm. I mean, you just roll with it. I know there's so many people that I think think that if they buy the hottest stuff, the most expensive stuff, that their work is going to reflect um, brilliance through this instrument. But it really comes down to how you use it, man. I mean, it's so cliche, but it's so true. For sure. If, if anything, it's almost just like, the kid that shows up at the skate park with like the brand new nice shoes, the brand new skateboard deck. And you just kind of, and everyone just kind of looks at him like, gee, like, and you already know what it is. You're like, all right. Like, yeah. You're like, who's this fool? Yeah. And then well, meanwhile, it, all the best yeah. riders in the park have like holes in their shoes and have like the most beat up boards on the planet. But those are like the dudes. <laughs> yeah, man. Those are the OGs. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Like the, They've had the same pair of vans for 10 years and they're falling off, but they, yeah, they just kill it. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about, so you've been, sounds like you've been focusing the last year a lot on developing and growing your business. Uh, I'd love yep. to 
I'd love to hear more about that. Well, yeah, I think I've been full-time for probably four years now. I've been doing photos forever, but I think when you're kind of getting into photography, you're really just focusing on the art of it, which is great. I mean, we all start there. At some point, you realize, okay, if I'm going to be a full-time photographer, full-time artist, there's this other thing I have to focus on, which is called the business side of things, which I wouldn't say I neglected for a long time. I just didn't put the energy that I needed to. So I realized, okay, if I really want to make a career out of this and really start growing every year, I have to do all these things, learn more about finance, you know, learn about um, taxes, these things like we don't learn in school, which is ridiculous. But um, And yeah, so I started focusing on really crafting my website to reflect the type of work that I wanted to get. I always say, you know, put the work out into the universe to get the work back. So if you show all this fashion work, typically you'll get those types of clients. So show the world what you want. So yeah, in the last year I've started to do some lifestyle stuff with um, a couple bars in Denver. So I run their social accounts, shoot their content. So I started to shoot a lot of beverages, cocktails, like all these other things. How's that? So on my website, dude, it's been awesome. On my website, you'll see all my editorial fashion work, lifestyle, (laughs) travel and beverage. It's great. I love it. Yeah, but it's been great to expand the horizons and expand what's possible. I think it's easy to get pigeonholed and feel like this is the only thing I'm good at or like this is the only thing I should do. But that's the beauty of photography is you can use your skills in so many arenas and still do the things you love to do. If you're a travel photographer, do that, but also allow yourself to explore other possibilities. And I think when I really started to focus on expanding I got started to get all these other clients that I would have never imagined so as far as the business side of things that was a big help I think allowing myself to experience other things dude I love it I, I like that you got outside of the, your your comfort zone of just doing your one specific type of photography and just trying to let that bankroll everything sometimes you have to do other types of work with your tools that you are gifted at to be able to do the passion stuff, you know, and to be able to do the stuff that you really enjoy doing. Um, and I know you still, I know you enjoy shooting period. So I know that you enjoy the, the food stuff and the cocktails, you know, like I know you like that. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's, I mean, man, I, I shoot probably four to five weddings a year for really rad couples and, I love that stuff. It's like I can take my experience in the fashion world and apply it to weddings, which shooting brides in that way is so fun, so awesome. Shoot events, shoot cocktails, restaurants, hospitality, you know, hotels, and then all my model stuff with the fashion world and brand campaigns and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's fun to be able to experience all of that. And I feel like I have less burnout mm-hmm. as I'm you know, working in all these other arenas, which is great. Dude, I love that. I spoke with someone else and they felt similar as uh, as far as they were shooting tons of things and therefore they used to get burnt out because they would only shoot their passion thing and they try to make the passion thing the main thing and 
they started not liking their passion anymore. And once they diversified, they really ex got excited about shooting because they felt like they always were challenged by shooting new things. And then when they got back to shooting what they enjoyed shooting, they were refreshed and really excited to, you know, to get back into that type of content. I think it's been really neat watching you develop more of your business outside of Instagram. Uh, I'd be curious to hear uh, why you've been working on developing your business outside of Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I always, as we know, Instagram's always changing, whether that's algorithms or all this stuff, we're all aware of these things on the back end um, that probably have been affecting a lot of us too. Um, it's easy to get really wrapped up in that. And I've definitely been victim to that too, or, you know, felt like, Oh my God, people aren't seeing my work as much on Instagram, but it kind of makes you stop and think, okay, what if Instagram goes away tomorrow? What do you have? Do you have printed work? Do you have a really awesome website? Do you have connections with agencies? Like who are your, you know, who are your lifelines in the, in the photography world? So, you know, I think it's great to have a lot of focus in Instagram because obviously a lot of businesses use it. Um, it's very important, but you know, well, what if it does go away tomorrow? What do you have? So I've, you know, trying to get my work in print, you know, trying to get these editorials as I shoot in all these cities published. I think that's great. It's so like if the internet went away, okay, I'd still have some published work. I still have some, you know, paper trail and stuff, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I just think that that's also part of having a successful business is having a presence in multiple places. So right. having a good website, having a, you know, a good curated Instagram that's focused, but not reliant on everything. And, um, I've been developing a lot more relationships with agencies, creative, creative agencies, modeling agencies, um, so that I'm not putting everything in one basket. How does that, how does that stuff work? Working with creative agencies and modeling agencies? Like do are these free shoots you're hitting them up? Are you hitting them up and then being like, hey, I want to do a shoot, but it's going to cost this? Or do they hit you up and say, hey, we need some test shots for X? Or what's the financial, I guess, side of that business look like? Well, with modeling agencies specifically, I would say it's about half and half. So I do a lot of paid test shoots, we call them, so portfolio shoots. So that's, you know, there's budget for that for sure. But then there's a lot of, you know, building these relationships models need fresh work all the time as well as photographers. So it's always a good way to practice new concepts, mm -hmm. um, meet more people, keep fresh, keep inspired. Um, and as far as creative agencies that do maybe not necessarily modeling agencies, um, might be something as me sending 10 photos of a new lifestyle thing I did and saying, Hey, here's some rad work. Um, you know, if this is in line with anything in the future, please reach out. A lot of cold calling. You know, I think it's important. Mm -hmm. Just like, go for it, man. Just bust it out. But I think when you get on agency's radars and you keep in touch, not pestering, but you keep in touch, um, they're going to remember you too. And meeting people in person too, you know, emailing an agency and saying, hey, I'd like to come meet with your creative director or this and that, your, um, your editor. When they put a face to your name, have that interaction with you, they'll remember you. 
I love it. And if you can't meet them in person, you can always FaceTime. You can always face or Skype like yeah. I'm doing with you right now. Yeah, dude. Dude, along the lines of that, kind of back to the business stuff we were talking about, I really started to learn about licensing and the importance of licensing your work. So I used to say, hey, this shoot is going to cost X number of dollars, whether that's to a brand or an agency. Um, then I started to structure it differently where here's I have a photography fee and this fee for X amount of dollars gets me out the door, gets me to the location and gets me clicking the shutter. Mm-hmm. And that's my photography. Then it's like, all right, I have all this content. Now you have to buy the content, typically like a three-year license, depending on the brand or whatever the um, business. And that I feel like elevated my pay. So I, I started to present myself a little more professionally. Thus, the pay became bigger, which is really cool. It took some time to learn how to do that. But um, yeah, licensing is really important for all you photographers out there. Um, there's a lot of good resources on that online. But um, I think rethinking how you structure your pitches and how you quote clients um, is a good thing to start messing around with for sure. What's an actionable takeaway you could tell someone about licensing to help out the listeners today? Um, What's a tip? I would say think about, really think about what your photography is worth. And don't be a bro. No, check this out. (laughs) No, 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 no. Think about what your photography is worth and don't be afraid to quote higher than maybe you think you're worth. And I think it's, I think the tip would be, give me an example. You know, like reach this out of your this is what I'm looking for. How about yeah, yeah. if you're looking for a social media license, then, you know, you should charge X, but if they want to use it as editorial, then your editorial cost should be two times the social media cost. And if it's going to be commercial use, then it should be five times the editorial cost because they can sell products with it. They can, totally. okay. they can do anything with it and it could, you know what I mean? And so is there like, I don't know if there's, if it works that way, if that's the formula, but <laughs> no, there's definitely, there's definitely formulas out there that people write up. I've, I've found that it's all relative. It just totally depends on like the budget you're working with. So if you're shooting for a brand like L'Oreal, right? So I've mm-hmm. shot for L'Oreal, the licensing would be much higher because their reach globally is much larger. And then really, I would say, ask as many questions to your client before you book a job. So where are these photos going to be used? Is it only going to be on website, social? Are these going to be printed? Is this going to be on a billboard? Are these going to be in ads in all the international airports? You know, really kind of dial in what they're going to be using it for. And then you can start to structure your licensing. So if it's only for social and web, that licensing is going to be much lower. Um, or you might not even have licensing, especially for more social campaigns where everything's just on Instagram. Typically don't really do licensing. I might have them buy photos because I charge for my time retouching because that's such a big part of the process. But for a brand that says, hey, you're going to shoot this campaign, we might use these photos in print ads and magazines, then you're like, okay, that's another that's another level. I really neglected for a long time the importance of kind of managing your portfolio and 
knowing your rights and like, you know, protecting your work and not, not to the extent where like, you can't even look at this or you can't use this for anything, but that's so true, man. I feel like what you're talking about is what us photographers need because we have so much content out there on the, on the web. You don't, there's no way to even control the ownership. Like, you know, Michael, dude, Michael Shane Bloom got taken advantage of like a movie stole his footage and he like reached out and was like, Hey, saw you guys like never, you guys never followed up with an email. You never told me if you wanted it, you just took it and put it in the movie and didn't pay me. So here's the license. And this is what you guys need to pay me. And they're like, no, we'll give you a fraction of that. And he's like, Nope, that's not how it works. And then they suck, you know, they, they sicked a bunch of lawyers on him. And of course yep. he's like, Whoa, oh, like, I'm not trying to get like my life t- ruined because I can't go to war with some big ass corporate company, but that's what corporate, that's what corporations do. They flex, totally. they flex the legal power on, on small guys like you. Like there's, there's nothing you can do. There's literally nothing you can do if a corporate company decides that they're going to use your work. Yeah. You don't have, unless yeah, you, unless you're a millionaire yourself and you can, you can handle a legal battle, they're just going to trump you. And so it's nice that there's technology coming. That's going to protect the rights of creators and protect the IP of their content and what they're creating. Dude, bring it on. We need that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a bit about just mindset and stuff. What do you, where's your head at these days? Are you, you got any new routines or any new things you've been working on to just stay healthy? Oh man. As I'm sitting well, here drinking or I'm, I got my green juice. So I can't boot. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, man, just went to the gym, just went on a run, <laughs> eat this kale salad. <laughs> no, man. I mean, dude, that's another thing. I'm 31. And it's like, you know, got to take care of your body and mm-hmm. exercise and I eat clean and, you know, get enough sleep, drink a lot of water and, you know, hustle your ass off with photography and all that stuff. But man, again, back to the balance of like music and photography, I think just not stressing about, you know, if I, if I haven't done anything with photography for four days, that's okay. Because I'm putting that energy into other places, like taking care of myself or mm-hmm. into music which I love a lot. So mindset is definitely, it's great these days, man. I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with where I live. Denver is an incredible city. It's growing rapidly it's crazy it's changing a lot but man i'm only a 30 minute drive from the mountains and i can be away from all humanity <laughs> it's great if you haven't been to denver people come check it out it's great come to denver hit me up i'll show you around <laughs> i love it dude i gotta come back man i haven't been to denver in a minute and i do need to come oh. kick it with you how's the love how's the are you still single yeah still single you know do we need to do we do we, need oh, to, dude, it's do we need to take a trip to London? <laughs> yes, London, brother. <laughs> Any international city would be good. Um, yeah. no, it's, no, it's good, man. You know, dating dating uh, this time in our lives is very interesting, but it's good, man. Just do my thing. It is, Meet man. somebody when you meet somebody. It's, uh, it's an interesting world. I feel like either... Yeah, I don't know. It's just the it's an interesting world, especially like the people that date other influencers and like Dude, I like <laughs> it's I so trippy to me I, like that. So insane. <laughs> it's like such uh the, it, I don't know, makes the world gets real small when that stuff starts to happen, you know, in a weird way. Yeah. No doubt. I know. I'm always like, "Oh, my ideal girl, she's going to like love going to live shows, like 
like photography, you know, is cool. If like not showering, camping for five days, you know, all these things. So it's funny to think about those things, but Dude, you got, you know. it's not funny. Dude. You have to do that. You have to manifest, right? You have to manifest, no, you know, yeah, your, your loved one into your life, whether you're, you know, male or female, um, you know, you definitely have to, like, if you don't know what you want, then how do you, like, why would it ever just show up? Like you just, I mean, it oh. makes perfect sense. Like when you know what you want in anything in business in relationships and friendships and whatever, if you know exactly what you want to like the details, there's normally a good chance you're going to get it and you can figure that out. But if you don't know, then you shouldn't ever expect to, <laughs> to like to for it to happen. Cause you just don't even know it's, it's true. I think it translates to all areas of life. You know, the more, the more you like truly believe and trust the process and, and believe in the things you want and the things that you deserve and all these things, I think that's when things start to show up for sure. Dude, facts. Um, what else are you still last? I mean, you had like some buddies you were working with. You guys still, still got a little space and doing things together. Yeah. Yeah. I worked from home for a long time, which was great. Um, I think that's a awesome thing about being a freelance artist, but I tended to get a little too distracted or, you know, my world was smaller because I was only interacting with myself. I have this, um, awesome studio. We call it studio Two Twelve. It's up in the Rhino district of Denver, which is like a really happening, cool hip spot. Um, the I'm Rhino in there with, district. That sounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like river North, but we call it Rhino. <laughs> I love it. That name just sounds like, like not a place I would want to take my mother <laughs> to the right. Yeah, it's Mom! like the wild west there, dude. It's like a safari. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, dude, it's been great, man. I'm in there with a couple other photographers and um, uh, social media manager, um, a hand lettering artist. Everybody's super rad in there, and everybody kicks ass. And the cool thing is, we're all independent business owners, all freelancers. So. Being in a space where we can all throw ideas around, even if that person is not a photographer, there's mm -hmm. always things you can learn business wise or, you know, creative wise from other people that are in different facets. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think surrounding yourself with not just hanging out with photographers or hanging out with models, if you're a model or hanging out with videographers, if you do video, I think hanging out and surrounding yourself with people that do what they love, even if they're not in that same scene as you mm -hmm. always kind of seeps into your, your being and your creative process, even things you like might not realize until later, but it's pretty cool. It's like, I'll have a photo I'm editing on my screen and a couple people will come over and look at it and be like, Oh, that's cool. Like, what about that? Or, you know, kind of challenge you or ask questions. And those are things that you might not ever realize just working from home. Right. So it's been, it's been really great. Dude, it's a great way to elevate. I mean, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. So if you're surrounded all day long by a bunch of very creative and talented people, then there's a good chance that your creativity is going to elevate, you know? Yeah. And again, it kind of back to expanding your horizons, that being around everybody and making those connections allowed for different work to come in to my life too so sick yeah it's been really awesome opportunities see it's it's, it's yeah. guys get out of this this loner 
this loner mentality. Get outside, find some creative people, team up, whether they're all photographers or they're filmmakers or they're designers, whatever it may be. But I think there's always, you know, there's always power in numbers and I can't preach community, man. Community, 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 you know, we over me, like, let's make it happen. Sky's the limit. Team up, execute, change the game, have faith, do your thing. It's all love. Um, with that said, my friend, we're coming to an end, sadly. Yeah. I'd love well, you. Well, till next time. Till, exactly. Till next time. Till next time. I'd love you to leave the AOV audience with some words of uh, wisdom, advice, courage, inspiration, motivation. You know the deal. Yeah, no doubt. Well, do, do your thing. Do what you love. Never be afraid to take a chance and ask questions. I mean, anybody who's listening to this, if you have any questions about anything we talked about today or life or whatever – Shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram, whatever you're feeling. I think uh, there's a lot of power in education. And I think one thing that I would leave you guys with is uh, don't hold everything to yourself. You know, be willing to share knowledge with people because that's how we all elevate each other. And we're all in it together anyway. So, Ooh, one love. Luke doesn't leave. Oh, For me. AKA Victor Valencia. Make sure to go follow Victor of Valencia on Instagram for all your content binge needs. I'm telling you, his feed will not disappoint. Victor of Valencia. Follow, 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 follow. Luke, thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show. It's been yeah. a very true pleasure of mine. Always a good time, Prince. That was good shit, dude. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. You slayed that.